I just want to take a moment to encourage you. <clears throat> I'm going to be dealing with the topic of the gift of prophecy today. And I want you to take any preconceived ideas that you've got and just lay them aside. And just open your heart to whatever is shared and as I speak, the words that I speak and the thoughts that form in your mind, may the Lord just take them and really bring revelation and insight uh, to us and may we be transformed to become the spiritual people that God wants us to be. But before I get into the word, I want to just ask you this question. I know that Louis gets a bit emotional, but did you sense the anointing on him as he was praying? The Holy Spirit was working there. And so often because of our preconceived ideas, we don't recognize the Holy Spirit moving in our midst. It's like the people that came out for prayer. I just want to encourage you that when people do come out, that's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move. But if I've got a preconceived idea that the Holy Spirit's got to move in a certain way, I don't engage with something like this. And so because I don't see it working on the platform or whatever, I don't believe then that the Holy Spirit was present in the service. But the Holy Spirit was here. I specifically sat down and watched how many people were touched by the power of God coming away, wiping tears, prayers. Maybe it was a word of wisdom. Maybe it was a word of knowledge. It could even have been healings. It could even be a miracle that's busy taking place in that person's life. And so I want to encourage you that whenever the opportunity is given for the Holy Spirit to move in that way, be aware that the gifts are in operation. And don't just sit there and say, well, let's get over with this. Actively participate because the same Holy Spirit that's working here is in you. And how do you know that he's not going to give you a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge to perhaps go and say to that person something that he has laid in your heart that will edify that person? Or just reinforce whatever the person up here prayed for or spoke over that person. So please, guys, let's grow up and really become the kind of church that God wants us to be. Vibrant we are. Excited we are. But let's become really anointed and really flowing and moving with the Holy Spirit to transform our city. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. All right. So we are talking about engulfed, that's the series, that we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about spiritual gifts, and today we're doing the gift of prophecy. I'm taking my text from 1 Corinthians 14, verses 7 to 11. I'm going to read them fast because we've got a lot of uh, stuff, ground to cover. So here we go. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now I'm going to slow down. But one and the same Spirit 
works all these things. You see, it's the Spirit that is working those gifts, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Now, we need to understand that spiritual gifts are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts are given to the church, uh, and they are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and they are manifest through any spirit believer, spiritual believer, that would be available to the Holy Spirit at that particular point in time for whatever purpose he wants to do through that person's life. But these manifestations are visible expressions of the Holy Spirit, and they reveal his character and his will. And so you need to understand when those gifts operate, they are revealing perhaps the love, part of God, because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are entirely the same in their characteristics and in their ministry and in their ultimate goal, and revealing his uh, will for that particular situation in that particular moment. So the Word of God teaches us that none of us have possession of any one of these gifts. I want you to hear me clearly. The gift that we have is the person of the Holy Spirit. God never promised that when you get spirit-filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit that you are now going to be baptized with this gift or that gift or the other gift. You are baptized with the gift or the promise of the fulfillment, and that is the person of the Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God and then understands uh, because God searches out the hearts. And the Holy Spirit and God the same. And so God speaks to the Holy Spirit. And when God is using you, you, you can't read another person's heart or mind, neither can I, but the Holy Spirit can. And when we're available to him in that situation, he will reveal the will of the Father in that situation for the person in that moment in time. And so therefore they temporary gifts, okay? Because the Holy Spirit can use any spirit believer in any one of those gifts at the time according to the need of the person that is needed to be reached. And so they temporary gifts, and we can't claim permanent possession. But when we exercise that gift or allow the Holy Spirit to manifest that gift through our lives, the Holy Spirit exhibits his power through that person. And uh, he will reveal himself then in a very special way. I want you to understand that these gifts operate by faith, and they are given by grace, and they're given for the benefit of others. So if I am being used as an individual in any one of those gifts, it's not for my benefit. It's God working in me and through me for the benefit of someone else. And so the Holy Spirit never glorifies himself. I just want to stop you quickly. You see, the Holy Spirit will always point you to Jesus. And Jesus will always point you to the Father. That's the order. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit will never glorify himself. And so these gifts are not given for self-glorification. And so often when you move in Christian circles and places, some people try to prove how spiritual they are by exhibiting these gifts and elevating themselves. When that happens, it's not the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. And so whenever those gifts are manifesting, it's for the sake of glorifying Jesus and building up the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, because that's what the purpose of those gifts are. It's to build up the church. And so the Spirit manifests 
manifests himself through uh, the gifts to edify those gifts uh, himself and also to kind of like demonstrate the reality of God to unbelievers. See, so can you imagine if you came into this meeting this morning and as these people were being prayed for, let's just assume, picture in your mind, somebody walking on crutches. And I'm not talking about some uh, evangelist trying to put on a performance, you know, with a prearranged person uh, using crutches and then being prayed for and then throwing the crutches in the air. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a person that you know is crippled. Can you imagine if that person came here and was prayed for and God performed a miracle and you were an unbeliever? Surely you would say God is in this place. Amen. So the gifts have a very specific purpose, all right? And so these manifestation gifts are divided into three groups, if you like. And they're called the power gifts. Uh, they are the revelation gifts and they in the inspirational gifts. The power gifts is the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. The revelation gifts is wisdom, knowledge, and discernment of spirit. And the inspirational gifts is prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And so those inspirational gifts are also often spoken as the vocal gifts because God uses those gifts to actually speak to the church. See, and so prophecy involves your human will and it involves faith, but it doesn't involve your mind. You can't sit there and say, okay, I'm going to now say this and this is going to be prophecy. It's something that happens supernaturally. It's entirely supernatural that comes across in a natural tongue. And so prophecy is speaking or conveying God's word unto men. I'll give you an example. Peter on the day of Pentecost. You know what was happening? The Holy Spirit was given. Crowds were gathering. And then people were mocking and saying, these guys are drunk. And Peter stands up. He says, they're not drunk. Like you say, it's it's the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning. In other words, the pubs aren't open yet. Okay? This is a supernatural thing. This is what Joel prophesied. And he goes on to elaborate the whole prophecy of Joel. You see, and he's building the people up in their faith. That this is not something that's contrived by man. This is a supernatural event that's taking place. The same thing with Stephen when he was standing in front of the Sanhedrin. And uh, he then recalled God's whole plan and God's purpose starting way back, bringing Moses and the whole lot into uh, the show. And then eventually he comes across with these words and he says, You guys... Why are you resisting the Holy Spirit, even as your fathers did from before, from old? You guys persecuted the prophets. And so he's actually speaking to them. And because of that gift of prophecy that is flowing at that moment in time, they got mad with him. And that's why Stephen was stunned. That was why he was killed. You can read it for yourself in Acts chapter seven and, uh, 6 and 7. And so I want to come down to the basic verse in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. This is what it says about the gift of prophecy. It says, He that prophesies speaketh unto men. For what? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. So all those three effects are there to build up the church. 
So whenever the gift of prophecy is flowing, and we're not talking about the profit of an office, we'll come to that in a moment. But when the gift of prophecy is flowing, it's not for a show-off. It's there for a specific purpose to build the church up, to strengthen the church. So let's look at these three things quickly. Edification comes from the word uh, oikodomo, the Greek word. And it just basically means to the act of building a structure. Or you can put it this way, to build up, to strengthen, to teach or guide. And so these vocal gifts are given with the intention, the express intention of building up the church, Christ's body. Then let's look at exhortation. Because remember, these three things need to be evident in the operation of the gift of prophecy. So edification translates from the Greek word paraklesis. And that means to exhort, to encourage, to motivate, to prompt. It's not about uh, teaching or preaching. You see, because correct preaching uh, comes from, or correction rather, comes from preaching the word and, uh, and doctrine, okay? And that comes through the ministry gifts of either the evangelist, pastor, apostle, that kind of thing, okay? So this word, paraclesis, is also related to the word paraclete that Jesus talks about being the person of the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a moment. What does the Holy Spirit do? He comes to motivate. He comes to strengthen. He comes to build us up in our faith so that we can become mature in our relationship with God and mature in the way that we live our lives out and mature in the way in which we demonstrate the love of God and the character of God to the world uh, around us. And so we look here at the name Barnabas. Do you know Barnabas in the New Testament? He's called the son of consolation or the son of encouragement. And that Greek word translated in consolation is exactly the same as paraclesis. And I just want to mention this for a moment because our mindset needs to change. The entire reality is that we must get rid of religious, doctrinal, wrong concepts in our heads and our minds because we've all been exposed to stuff and we've kind of thought, oh, well, this is what it's all about. But look at Barnabas. There was revival taking place in Antioch. And it was taking place in the midst of persecution. We cry out for revival. We want revival, but we want it all in good times without any persecution. But go to the Bible and you'll find that every time revival took place, it was in the midst of persecution. Okay? And so if you look at uh, Barnabas, and we're going to quickly look here, he was an encouragement to the whole church but especially the church at Antioch. And I want to just pick this up here in uh, Acts 11, 22 and 23. And so it says this, news of this, what was happening, reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem. And so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived, the Bible says, and saw the evidence of the grace of God. You see, every time somebody gives their life to Jesus and is plucked out of the world and becomes a follower of Christ, that's the grace of God in operation. And so when he saw the grace of God, he was glad. And then notice what it says. He encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. See, in 
So the gift of prophecy will always want to encourage us to be true to God, true to his word, true to our commitment. And so the verb form of this uh, word paraclesis or exhortation is frequently uh, translated as I beseech you. And that, you know, he that exhorts the church may stir and motivate believers to do God's whole will. And the greatest verse that we can find here to just um, look at this morning is Hebrews 10, 24, where he says, uh, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. So if we're spiritual believers, we shouldn't be pulling each other down. We shouldn't be criticizing each other. And if the gift of prophecy is working in our lives and through our lives, this is the end result. We should be provoking, it's quite a strong word, but we should be stirring each other to improve in loving the lost, in loving the unlovely, in loving the underprivileged. And good works, why? Distributing as Jesus tells us, if you've got two coats, give one away. Hello, when last did you look in your wardrobe? How many coats have you got there? Oh, sorry, wrong message. Okay. Right. So, comfort. Remember, we said what? Exhortation, edification, and comfort. Or edification, exhortation, and comfort. Comfort comes from the Greek word paramuthia, and it means to soothe, to comfort. It means to console. And remember, so often we take the word of God out of context and we don't understand the background. But realize, realize that what the Holy Spirit has been given is to strengthen us, to empower us to do the work of the ministry. And so it was predicted that the church would suffer persecution. And so let me tell you, if you look at the church in the world today, we are suffering persecution and we're ready for revival, okay? And I want to tell you when the church is going through uh, uh, suffering, we need the gift of prophecy to function. We need that gift to open up heaven's resources to come and comfort us in our faith because it's so easy with everything that's happening around us and we don't understand it to throw in the towel and to uh, go back on our faith and, and, and renegade on our, uh, our commitment to Jesus. So easy because the pull of the world is so strong and the, and the pressure of the world to conform to the world is so strong. Persecution is really coming on the church and we need that gift of prophecy to function. And so I just want to share with you my own experience. I had the privilege of traveling in the United States and we were ministering in Los Angeles and there was just been earthquakes. And I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake. It's a frightening experience, okay? And the next morning we come to church and it, there were, the gift of prophecy was operating three, four times. And every time that word fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not came in. And it was the right word for the right moment to comfort those people because I'm telling you, it can be a frightening experience and you need that word of God to comfort. That's why these gifts have been given, to strengthen, to build up and to comfort us. But we also need to realize that it's a process of growth and maturity in exercising spiritual gifts. Why? Because the church needs to actually receive profitable edification. It's not just about somebody getting up and sprouting off something. You know, there's so many empty, useless words flowing around under the guise of prophecy and the gift of prophecy. It's got to be there to edify, to strengthen, and to build up. And God 
desires that these gifts are exercised maturely. In 1 Corinthians 14, 20, he says this. And I want you to understand something here quickly. This whole letter, 1 Corinthians 1 and 1 Corinthians 2, those two books were written by Paul because the Corinthian church was really in its infancy. And they were disorderly. And they were making a misuse of these gifts. And so Paul writes there to encourage them all right, because, you know, you can imagine, oh, I speak in tongues. Uh, uh, you know, yes, I'm used in the miracles. Uh, I, I'm this, I'm that. No, I want you to get this, that when we come to church, if you claim to have the gift of miracles or the gift of healing, for argument's sake, and you just don't pitch up to church on that Sunday, what happens then if somebody needs a miracle or healing? You see, that's why we don't possess the gifts, but we are used in the gifts by the Holy Spirit. So whoever's available and has the faith to believe that God can use them can be used. And the need of that person, that's why he says unto one is given. The end person is the person that's receiving it. Not you, you the vessel whom the Holy Spirit works through. You see, and so it's important that we understand that. So Paul writes this to bring correction to the church at that particular point in time. So, he says, brethren, don't be children in understanding, but in understanding, be mature. So, we have to grow up, but we can only grow when we make ourselves available and we say, okay, Lord, use me. Help me to understand and use me. And the more we submit, the more we heal, the more we wait on the Holy Spirit, the more proficient we'll become, the more we'll understand, and then the more we'll grasp what's happening. But let's just talk about prophecy for a moment because there's two different things here. There's the office of the prophet and then there's the gift of prophecy that works. So prophecy, that word prophet, is a transliteration from the Greek word prophetes, which comes from two words. It comes from the word pro, which means before and forth or for in behalf of and pemi meaning declare or speak. So when you put the two together, we get that word prophetis, and it can mean one who predicts, one who tells beforehand, one who speaks forth, or one who speaks for and in behalf. And if you go to the Old Testament, you'll find that all those prophets spoke forth, told beforehand what God was wanting to do, and especially in relation to the Messiah, uh, Jesus Christ. And so the office of a prophet begins in the Old Testament. And its basic definition should also begin there. So the Hebrew word for prophet is, is nabi. And that means to announce. It means to witness or testify. And so the office of the prophet is clearly defined in the Old Testament. And so in Deuteronomy 18, 18, this is what the Lord says. He says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren. I want you to notice that. Like unto thee. And I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I command him. So the prophet is one who speaks to the people on behalf of God, and God puts the words in his mouth. And this is confirmed for us by the words that the Lord spoke to Moses. Remember, Moses, when God said, go and speak to Pharaoh, he said, I can't. I'm a man of stammering speech. And God says to him, no, hang on. Hold it. I'm going to give you somebody who will speak on your behalf. And so we see here 
God says here in Exodus 7, 1 and 2, he says, See, I've made you a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You will speak all that I command you, and Aaron will speak, your brother shall speak to Pharaoh. So Aaron is called the prophet of Moses because he spoke on behalf of Moses, so he spoke Moses' message. And Moses' message to Aaron was simply God's word through Moses to Aaron to Pharaoh at the end of the day. And the same idea of speaking for God is also borne out by the testimony of Jeremiah, which we see that Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah 1 verse 9. He says, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. That's what Jeremiah says. And the Lord said to me, behold, I've put my words in thy mouth. And so sometimes the prophet would speak God's word to God's people at that time for that time. And you'll, if you go and do a study, you'll see the truth of that. But then there was also times when that same prophet would speak words of prediction of things that were yet to come. But in either case, we need to understand it wasn't him speaking his words, his mind. He was speaking God's word to the people. And so Deuteronomy gives us several qualifications, and I need to uh, share something about this very briefly this morning. Uh, it talks about the, the, the um, qualification of the prophet, and it also talks about testing the prophet's authority. I'm not here to upset anybody, but you know what? So many people, because they don't get into the word of God for themselves, uh, because he has God's word to us, yeah, the word of God is God's word to us. And we don't need to really run to a prophet to get a word from God, okay? And so many people run to a prophet here, there, and everywhere, and they never understand how to test that authority or to test the qualifications of the prophet and just believe everything. And when things don't come to pass, God gets blamed. You get disappointed in God and you fall away from the faith. So here it tells us here in verse 18, uh, he is taken from among the brethren, all right? So if you go to the prophets of Israel, Israel knew that they, he was a prophet. When you run to that prophet, do you really know if he's really a prophet or not? Who's ordained him a prophet? What are his qualifications? Where did he arise out? Who, 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 who testified that he has this uh, anointing or this appointment and this gifting of being a prophet? Just because he speaks some words that you want to hear doesn't make him a prophet, okay? And so often as the church, we run around here, there, and everywhere because we are not grounded in the word of God. And then in verse 19, it says, he's to speak to his brethren in the name of the Lord. Not run around the country and speak to everybody. Speak to his brethren. It says here, he may, with his prophecies, so shine signs and wonders in Deuteronomy 13, 1 to 5. It's not on the screen. And you know, so many people say, but he's a prophet. Look at the signs and wonders. But if he uses those signs and wonders to lead you astray, he's to be rejected. And again, also in Deuteronomy, I can give you the scripture, and I'll quote it quickly for you. Yeah, in chapter 18, verse 20 to 22, it says that if he predicts the future, and that future doesn't come to pass, he's to be rejected. How many of you have been on social media and seen how many prophets have been prophesying about all stuff in American politics and even here in South Africa? And tell me, 
A lot of that stuff hasn't come to pass and will never come to pass. But the same people run to the same prophet to get some kind of a word and magnify the guy as a prophet. The Bible says clearly he's to be rejected. So it's important, church, that we need to grow up, get grounded, rooted and grounded in the word of God so we can operate properly in uh, the hands of the Holy Spirit. So in the New Testament, there are two types of prophets. Those who occupy the office of a prophet, like I quoted in Ephesians 4.11, and those in the church who are used in the gift of prophecy. So those in the first category carry a ministry gift, and those in the second can include any spirit-filled believer. Now, not all people can occupy the office of a prophet, because the Bible tells us that Jesus appoints calls. You see, so if you've been called and you might be sitting in this meeting this morning, you might have an apostolic calling on your life. You might have a prophetic calling on your life. You might have an evangelistic calling on your life. You might have a pastoral or teaching calling upon your life. But Jesus will gift you with the right qualifications to fulfill that. But you and I have been qualified as spiritual believers to be available for the Holy Spirit to operate any one of these gifts in and through our lives. But that doesn't make us a prophet. If I'm used in the, in the operation of the gift of tongues, doesn't make me a prophet. Okay. And so we see here really that, uh, uh, where am I? Okay, I want to come back here quickly. Okay. Um, now, not all can occupy the office. But according to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31, you may all prophesy one by one. So being used then in the gift of prophecy doesn't make me a prophet, but I can be used. And I want to just say a couple of things. The gift of prophecy is not the gift or the ministry of criticism. It's not a right for you to just be able to say, okay, now I'm flowing in the Holy Spirit and then utter forth all your grievances and all the rest of the stuff. That's not it. And it's not regular preaching either. You see, uh, inspired teaching and instruction and good news and all of that sort of stuff comes through the ministry gifts. And it, when it operates, it shouldn't disturb a meeting. I've been in meetings when people just jump up and think they've got license to do whatever they like. You know what? And when you correct them, they tell you, well, oh, you people don't give the Holy Spirit any room to move in your church. That's nonsense, okay? Absolute twaddle. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't give you license. That's why Paul writes and corrects things, and he says that we mustn't be immature. We must do things decently and in order. And so in this church, we structure things, and we seek the Lord uh, for what we present here and in our series and all the rest of stuff. Lots of prayer goes into it. Lots of deliberation goes in. Lots of seeking the Lord. Doesn't mean that it's not spiritual. Doesn't mean it's not anointed. Doesn't mean the Holy Spirit doesn't get, uh, get an opportunity to move. All right, I want to help us understand that because people think that unless somebody jumps up and shouts something or somebody spouts off in tongues and, uh, and gives an interpretation, now the Holy Spirit's here, now the Holy Spirit's been moving. Tell me when you came in as a spiritual believer, did you leave the Holy Spirit outside? No, he came with you. He came with you. He came with you. He's inside of you. He's inside of you. You must just make yourself available. Don't be critical. It's not a ministry of criticism. Okay, don't disturb the meeting. 
and realize that the gift of prophecy is partial, it's not complete. Because now we know in part and we prophesy in part, Paul is instructing these people because some people thought that their word became the law. Their word was now the word of God. Okay? And again, it's exercised in the proportion of our faith. Romans 12, uh, 6 says this, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. Again, see there the grace that's given to us. He says then, let us use those gifts. If it's prophecy, prophesy according to what? Your faith, according to the measure of your faith, okay? It's subject to the person used in this gift because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, the Bible tells us. And again, in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, it says, don't let it be more than one or two. I've been in meetings where people have got up with a word of prophecy or the gift of prophecy, put it that way, in operation, and nobody judges. Tell me, the meetings that you ran off to the prophets, who's judging them? Who's checking out if what they're saying lines up with the word of God? It says, let it be judged, and it's got to be judged by the word of God. It's not, hey, hey, I prophesy over you, you're going to be a millionaire. Oh, I prophesy over you, you're going to marry that person. Oh, I prophesy over you. Oh. And we all love to hear that. It's lekka, lekka, lekka. <laughs> That's not it. We need to judge, okay? God's given free will. You can decide who you want to marry and who you don't want to marry. You can decide if you're going to work hard, save, and invest and become a millionaire. It's not just going to fall out the sky because some guy prophesied, okay? Oh, I like that, prophesy out the sky. Mm. Okay. All right. And it can also be judged by the discerning of spirits. You see, you need to know who's prophesying over you. Anybody can put on a show. I'm a prophet of God. Hallelujah. Some signs happening. Just because there's some signs doesn't ratify that I'm a prophet. And in the meantime, I'm beating up my wife. I'm kicking my kids. I'm turning the cat's neck because it's lying on me at 2 o'clock in the morning. You need to know the character of the person. So it's not just somebody breezing into town and everybody, oh, there's a prophet in town. Come on, church, let's grow up. Let's understand what it means to be, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just helping us to understand to be rooted and grounded. Okay, so among the gifts listed by Paul in 1 Corinthians, prophecy is the most earnestly to be desired. Okay? Earnestly to be desired. <laughs> we, we, we know that desire is a strong word. Hey, very strong word. I, I must rush now because my time's running. Okay, I, I see they're nodding. They're waving the red flag. Okay, so... You know how to desire. You guys that drive past this little uh, dealership here, how many of you desire that Havel? How many of you desire that Mazda X5? How many of you desire every time you're coming past that car there, that little Suzuki? Oh, what a cute little car. You know, hmm? Hey, babes. Every time you hey, babes. Ach, my vrou, kijk daar so die kar wacht vir my my naam op. And the ladies, you know, when they go to, they go to uh, my ladies and all these places, uh, walking in the mall, oh, that's me, that dresses me, you know. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and tomorrow there's no need to go to the mall, but they drag the husband there and they say, don't you think that dresses me? Huh? 
We know how to desire. So he's saying desire earnestly the gift. Okay? Desire. Come on, we know how to desire. Now let's apply that same uh, energy to desiring the Holy Spirit to use us in those gifts. All right. I just want to quickly share with you this. Remember he said, he that prophesies speaks unto men edification, exhortation, and comfort. But the Amplified Version puts it this way. It says here that the one who prophesies speaks to men for their upbuilding and constructive spiritual progress. See, so it's not to make you feel lacquer. It's there to help you grow up and be the kind of person that God wants you to be to exercise the ministry that God has given you, okay? And let me tell you, when you operate in this gift, you don't have to say, I have a word from the Lord, and thus saith the Lord. It's a supernatural thing in a natural tongue. Why can't you just say, amen, the Lord says, you know? (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. And so let me just encourage you quickly. Let me encourage you. This gift, is this gift for everyone? Yes, it is. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Pursue love and desire spiritual gift, but especially that you might prophesy. I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied, for he that prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless the tongue is interpreted. You see, all those gifts, not one is more important than the other. They're all important for the growth and the spiritual upbuilding of the body. But he's saying here that when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, you're speaking to God in mysteries, all right? And nobody can understand you. But if there's an interpretation, it comes in a language that's known and people can understand what's happening. But when you're prophesying, you're not prophesying in tongues. You're prophesying in a known language and everybody can understand and they built up and they edified. And so unless those two go together, he's saying then in that case, prophecy is more important. He's not saying it's more important than the others. He's just qualifying how it's supposed to operate. Okay. And so I want to encourage you as I come to a close this morning. You all have a ministry. Every one of you, 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 you have a ministry. Okay. And uh, you know the vision of this church. You know the mission of this church. We will not stop until everybody has a spiritual relationship with Jesus and a mature relationship with Jesus. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you are the key to that happening. Because you work at Eskom, you work at the bank, you work at the petrol station, wherever you work, you are there exercising your ministry available to the Holy Spirit that any one of these gifts can flow through you so you can bring a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, that you can lay hands on people, people can be healed. You and I are the key. It's not going to happen with the team on the two. It's going to happen with this team incorporating everybody, operating properly in submission and under the anointing and the calling of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Ek was uitgedaag gewees om met Afrikaans af te sluit. Dear erwaarde Louis Marais. So, ek gaan nou afsluit in gebed. Mag die Heere jylle sien. May the Lord bless you. May the words that have been spoken, mag die woorde wat gepraat was, in uitwerking in jou lewe kry, in outworking in, may it out, work, work out in your life. In Jesus name, God bless you, love you, have a good day.